This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Mockingbird Lane. Is there something wrong with me? That is exactly the kind of shame I do not want coming out of your mouth. The only one in this family who should feel shame is Marilyn, which she carries so beautifully. Well, I wouldn't change a hair on your body, no matter where they may grow. Are we having that conversation? I know all about puberty. You see, he knows all about puberty. I just don't want to talk about the changes my body is going through. We will talk about it later. We will talk about that later. We will talk about it later. What are we talking about now? What are we talking about now? All you need to know now is you're not always going to be the same person tomorrow that you are today. But we will always be your family. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast attempting to proof the equation Frankenstein's monster plus vampire equals werewolf. I'm Luke, the ghost with the most, here with my co-host, the creep from the deep, Jordan. That's, What's spooky, Jordan? That's the best thing I've ever been called. The creep from the deep. <laughs> Although, um, someone I worked with today, I fixed a hole puncher, and she said, she goes, Jordan, you're master of all the holes. <laughs> and then we all had a laugh. And then I said, um, don't re- don't repeat that. So, you're, But anyways, I'd rather be the creep from the deep than you're ma- getting master ri- of all the holes. You're getting written up right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this week, we're joined by a surprise guest. Last minute edition. Last minute edition. Such a spooky turn of events for our Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. It's our Halloween episode. Ooh. That's why I gave you the nickname. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot already. Uh, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you. I'm so honored to be the 87th person asked to be on the podcast. No, no. It's not the 80. It's, well, it's 80 episodes. Yeah. No, no. we ask someone every week. Um, it's mostly <laughs> no's. Um, occasionally, yeah. a yes. <laughs> Point is, I'm the backup, 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 but I'm here. You're here. You're always here, just waiting in the wings for this moment. <laughs> I am like the ghost of the podcast in that sense. Phantom of the podcast? There you go. Did you say? Because it's all spooky all the time. It's all spooky all the time. And I'm lurking outside the door all the time. That is creepy. <laughs> Booing. Boo. Boo. I'm a ghost. And also you suck. <laughs> all right. Well, this week, uh, since it's a Halloween episode, we're watching the failed pilot TV movie for Mockingbird Lane, the 2012 Brian Fuller reimagining of the Munsters. Is this the most recent thing we've seen? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. What year was uh, Almost Human? Might have been 2012 as well. What a Pretty year. Close. What Pretty a year for TV. I don't know. I didn't look into any of this stuff, Jordan. No. It went anyways. Compared to some of the things we've done, this is much more recent. It's certainly more recent than uh, a lot of the stuff we look at. Now, uh, Jordan, Laura, uh, which one of you are an expert on the monsters? <laughs> Ooh. How? How did you did you watch the monsters when you when you were younger? I have vague memories of like watching it between like Leave It to Beaver and like yeah. all those way back throwback shows. You know what's funny? I had a conversation not too long ago about this. And when I was a kid, I really preferred the Munsters to the Adams Family. But as I got older, I think I liked the Adams Family more. But now, as I'm even older, I'm really mixing them up. I kept thinking, I'm like, when's Wednesday showing up? And so they're like, oh, that's the wrong show. I just kept mixing up who was who. Mm-hmm. Also, because they don't look like the characters from the original Munsters. Yeah, it's that, a little confusing. As who is who. I mean, I'm just saying. They really missed a trick of not having them look like uh, uh, the original Herman Munster. Well, well, we'll get into it. I, you know, I've never seen an episode of Monsters. Oh, really? So, oh. I I was I was in over my head. <laughs> right. Well, this this was I think at all times 
maybe a tribute and also maybe like a cool reboot. And I don't know if they decided which which end they wanted to land on. Yeah, I, I mean, I reading up on the po- uh, for the podcast. Even I think the head of maybe NBC, maybe that's the network that was doing this one. It was uh, NBC, yeah. They because they released it as sort of a special Halloween spe- like one off kind of thing. And uh, even he at a press conference was just like, ah, we they worked hard on it, but we they just never they couldn't nail the balance of weirdness and family drama and like comedy. Like he's just, he's just like we never we never landed it. Right. And I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. I think they're all pretty honest about what kind of became of it. So they aired it as a special. That's how it. Yeah, before an episode of Grimm, a very special Halloween episode of Grimm. Yeah. What a weird special to put on. Yeah, just uh, one hour of whatever this was. Yeah. Hmm. Um, also, what a star-studded affair. I, I suppose. I mean, directed by Brian Singer. I know. Yeah, has not, that doesn't age well. I mean, very troubled director, but that must have been a real get at the time. Yeah, right. For a pilot? Yeah, it must have been. Well, I mean, Brian, and I don't know, was Brian Fuller, like, the Brian Fuller he is now? Was this was, this was like, yeah. in between? This was just before, like, almost simultaneous. I think he'd done this and was getting his order to series for Hannibal. Right. So, so it was after Pushing Daisies. So he had Pushing Daisies. He had Wonderfalls. Like, he had yeah. those, but none of them had really... Like, everyone knew he was the guy to go to for this kind of reimagining. But he hadn't had a hit yet. But he hadn't, yeah, he hadn't really pulled out all the stops yet that has kind of made his career what it is today, which is something where he gets fired after one season. But there definitely (laughs) is some, uh, like, Fuller-esque flares to this. Oh, it's, you know what? Very much. It's not a great show, but it looks good. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. Like, the tone just never settles. That's the honestly the biggest problem. I actually, overall, I was like, this is not the worst thing we've watched. Save it for the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, should we get into it then? Yeah. Here is the IMDb summary for Mockingbird Lane. Grandpa Sam Dracula is essentially Dracula, <laughs> who assembled Herman because no man was good enough for his daughter Lily. A sexy vampiress. Lily's niece Marilyn, the freak, is actually normal. And Lily and Herman's only child Eddie has his werewolf tendencies surface in puberty forcing the family to relocate to their famous 1313 Mockingbird Lane address. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Sure, why not? I didn't know. They never said his name was Sam Dracula, Grandpa's name. No, I yeah. And I'm assuming that is what his original name was, but I just remember them calling him Grandpa in the original. Well, even even in this show, I think there's a line where they're like, this is my Grandpa, Grandpa. Yeah. And I was like, pretty good. I liked it. All right, so it it starts off at a uh, wildlife explorer camp, uh, sort of a stand-in for the Boy Scouts, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do you think the Boy Scouts wouldn't sign off on it? I bear maulings? No, probably not. Probably, that's true. But they didn't. They didn't cause the bear maulings. It's not like it's not like the the plot was like. I, uh, think I won't the, say it. I think they're notoriously hard to like get to sign off on things. Really? How, well, how many shows can you think of where Boy Scouts appear? It's always yeah. some knockoff. Yeah. What did What did they call them in uh, uh, Galactica nineteen eighty? Oh, this is just like the Space Scouts or something. Space Scouts or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yes, it's, it's, this pack is, uh, they're, they're doing a camp out and, uh, they all seem to be holding some sort of trial for the, uh, chubby kid who's been accused of eating all their breakfast food. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Did he steal the food or didn't he? I think as they sort of show that he at least one point had taken some food and then later on, is he having food fall out of his pockets? I think he's blaming a bit, a bear. He's saying a bear came yeah. and took the food. But someone does have a photo of him eating. I believe it's a Colonel Crunch. <laughs> Captain Crunch wouldn't also wouldn't sign off. Was on it this. spelled C O L O N E L? Yeah, 
kernel crunch. That's funny. Some real 2012 fat shaming for this poor kid. <laughs> it's true. It is It is a weird, because like all the kids are against him. The leader is doing nothing to stand up to him. And there seems to be some implication here because one of the kids, well, he's saying, trying to calm them down, like not to go after this kid for stealing all the breakfast food. One of the kids accuses the leader. He's like, oh yeah? Well, how do you get that physical fitness badge then? There's He's like accusing the leader of some sort of corruption. <laughs> like how did this kid get his yeah. badge? The politics of, uh, what are they called again? The uh, Wildlife Explorer Camp. Oh, yeah, classic. It's, uh, it's it, There's a lot going on here. And there's, is there is there a lot going well, on? There was like <laughs> this weird trial being had. Yeah. Accusations of like corruption. And this leader who like seems to have lost complete control. And like, you know, uh, this kid's about to become picky. He's about to get his head bashed right. in. <laughs> right. Um, but because they keep mentioning a bear raided. Out of nowhere, a, not a bear, but a werewolf jumps out of the forest and pulls one of the kids into the woods. I think you mean a baby bear. A baby bear. That is what, this is what the story will be. But mm-hmm. I, these, you thought, because the bear, the werewolf attacks a child, then the leader, then he throws a child in a sleeping bag into a side of a tree and the sleeping bag explodes. It seemed like they were killing these children, right? Yeah, it did seem like they were. But then I think they, they had a line or two later on, like, they just got really scared or something like that. Didn't they? I'm pretty sure later they were like, it was just like, there was tr- all the kids were like traumatized, but I don't think they actually ever killed anyone, even though it looks like that. I thought they say that he's the only survivor later. <laughs> Either way, I, something happened. I, I do know in the morning, all, every, the leader's still alive and they're all hiding in a truck and uh, young Eddie, Eddie Munster wakes up nude in the bushes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is sort of how... 1313 Mockingbird Lane kicks off its first episode. Yeah, the kid's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. How about that? <laughs> and I think in the original show, he never actually did anything other than he had a very low hairline. But I also had the same hairline. I remember someone, someone saying to me once, I look like Eddie Munster. We'll find that for Instagram. <laughs> that photo? Come on, it'll be great. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. Um, we jump now to San Francisco, which is that where the Munsters took place originally? I don't remember. No clue. All right. <laughs> We did no research for this, clearly. <laughs> um, I, I have a feeling it's never mentioned where the Fair enough, live. fair enough. They, they live in the same town as the Adams family. Uh, there's a realtor showing Marilyn Munster a, a new home for her family, um, and he's showing them 1312 Mockingbird Lane, a very cheery little house, but that's not what she's interested in. She prefers the condemned house across the street. And why is it condemned? Well, Laura didn't catch it. Luke, you know why it's condemned? Oh, I know why it's condemned. Because there's a serial killer who killed only hobos. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's why should they prefer it to as the hobo Yeah, the hobo killers. killing house. I thought yes. that was pretty good. Yes. He, she, he poisoned hobos. There were dozens of hobo graves in the backyard. And the realtor says, probably more homeless are in the walls of the house. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. We'll take it. Can I jump in real quick? The original Munsters did live at 1313 Mockingbird Lane, but they lived in the city of Mockingbird Heights, a fictional suburb of California. No. Well... So similar. It's not dissimilar. So Marilyn's part of the family? Marilyn's yeah. part of the family. I didn't realize that. What, yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a niece. As we'll come to learn about her, she's the only one without any sort of supernatural powers, which makes her a bit of a pariah. Hmm. It was always the, it was the gag in the original one that they're all weird except for her, and she's just normal, but because of that, she's like an outcast. That's just an old 1960s Clever. joke. Yeah. Well, in this show, well, she doesn't have really any powers. She, she sort of just comes off as like, a goth like she seems like really into it but you just never see any powers like yeah she, like well, she's, she's odd yeah it's not like she's 
normal exactly she seems to fit in with the family she just doesn't have a, like a power i guess but they play over and over and over that the grandpa at best is uh just putting up with her yeah grandpa does not care for his freak niece i like at one point he says he, he doesn't need to like her but he also at some point says when you were born i had to stop your mother from eating you and i was like that's <laughs> that's grim uh, and of course now we introduce herman munster played by jerry o'connell yeah, the what, great what, Jerry O'Connell. The great Jerry O'Connell. What did you think of the casting of Jerry O'Connell? Terrible. Oh, Laura thinks it's terrible. What do you think? I I have a soft spot for Jerry O'Connell, so I was happy to see him. I I like Jerry O'Connell, but I just thought, why would you ever cast Jerry O'Connell as like this somber, serious Frankenstein monster? I mean, it was so bizarre. He just seemed so uncomfortable the whole time. It was as if like Brian Singer had diddled him before they went on oh, camera. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think he was just uncomfortable because the clothing they gave him was at least three sizes too small. <laughs> he did look terribly dressed too. Did you uh, did you like his opening silhouette? He when he first walks in, it's uh it's the silhouette and he clearly has something behind him, so the shadow makes it look like he has bolts in his neck. And then as he walks in the doorway, it's like, mm. oh no, it's just Jerry O'Connell with a tight T-shirt. Yeah, he he is basically he's a little closer to it, like a stitched together zombie, yeah, maybe than a typical Frankenstein monster, mm. um, but. It's not bad. He's got a, a his chest features a zipper. Yeah, I didn't know what that was at first until they actually zipped it. Because the first scene you see him with the shirt do off, they zip it several times. Yes, yeah, throughout yeah. the show, and they go they go to whatever they spent on that heart shot. They go back and back and back to it. No, it, it is it is a lot of fun. There a lot of shots of this like clearly like physical shots of a heart they built with like a little gauge on it. It's like a weird like pumping. steampunk heart. Yeah, it's very yeah. steampunk. Yeah. And uh, a big part of this is his his heart's going out. Because he feels too much, he's put too, like in this show. What your heart, sack. your heart is very much related to your emotions. But also, it's uh, it's the last part of. Uh, I think it's the only part of his original body that's left. Wasn't that that instance? That's something the else. line, yeah. But it doesn't look like it. Yeah, it's tough to say. Yeah, I couldn't quite follow that either. It seemed like maybe he just because Grandpa at some point wants to give him like a cool mechanical heart he built, but he he like I want a human heart. I love my. He wanted his original part back. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, he's stitched. He's a stitched together man, but he looks normal except for scars that are neck down. Yeah, he's got like a his head was stitched on. He's got some weird stuff. And at one point, someone says to him, "Oh, that's some necklace you have there." <laughs> and I thought no one would ever say that to someone who has a clear, visible scar on their throat. By the way, is that a necklace? It's true. I do remember that. I was just like, no one. Yeah, <laughs> no one would think that was a necklace. It's clearly a scar. Uh, the family has moved uh, to San Francisco because of Eddie's werewolf attack. Um, but of course eddie doesn't know yet mm-hmm. that he can turn right. into a werewolf which is sort of the crux Maybe. of the entire episode our core conflict is should we tell eddie munster that he is a werewolf yeah but like the thing is they also imply then that he hasn't really noticed how weird the family is to this point like he does and doesn't because they're like oh well you're more like your dad than less like your grandpa or whatever but it's like Later on, we find he sees, gets to see how weird they all are, but they've been hiding everything from him, I guess. I don't know, because he says, I want to be normal like Marilyn. So he seems to have some understanding that his family is horrible, universal monsters. <laughs> right. It is It is. It's a bit it's nebulous. And I did like, though, when they move into that house, uh, he finds, he finds. I guess this must be part of the show, he finds, uh, he pulls a mm-hmm. lever and like a hidden staircase comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and I could be wrong, I think they've made it in this show to be grandpa's like laboratory. Yeah, it seems to be down there. I'm pretty sure in the original show, it might've been where they had like a monster yeah. or something. Well, I think that's 
what happens at the end, we meet that, right? Right. Oh, so that makes make sense. Because I'm pretty sure that was the gag that there's a stairs. We'll have to we'll have to have a, a monsters expert correct me, but I think I think that was a bit of a a bit of a change. I did uh, what I what I liked most about it though is is the line that comes up when he when he finds this staircase underneath the stairs with his new house moved into it. Eddie Munster says, uh, "If we find any dead hobos, I can earn my fingerprinting badge and find their families." <laughs> Which is very dark, Brian Fuller. Very dark line. Yeah. Um, it was followed up by Jerry O'Connell turning to him and saying, hobos don't have families. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did say hobos a lot in this. Yeah. They're, you know, like Brian Fuller, th- this script isn't his best work for sure, but there are some like little bits that I'm yeah, just no, like. There's some great dialogue for sure. But as a whole, I was like, what is going on? It's 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 a very, when it leans into how grim it wants to be, that's when it's was working for me like i liked mm. it when it was like as gal's humor as possible you know what it is it's it just it feels like a first draft that went right to camera yeah <laughs> it feels like you an know? episode of quark <laughs> yeah yeah well that's not very nice <laughs> um and then finally of course we meet the final two members of the family when movers drop off their uh, crates and um the crates break open and out of one comes a million rats mm-hmm <sighs> Well, the, the guys are like, it, the, the moving guys are like, this feels like something's alive in there. So they kind of get freaked out and then drop it. And then a bunch of rats burst out and they're like, well, let's get out of here. And then the rats in a very uh, not terrible CGI um, sort of build up to be um, Eddie Izzard. Yep. <laughs> and here's, let me mention something about it. Eddie Izzard is fine. And like, he, I've seen him be all right and stuff. Um, Do you not like but, him as grandpa? Here's what I didn't, I don't mind him as grandpa. I thought, I think they used him way too much for all the characters they focused on grandpa way more than i think he warranted but i wasn't a big fan of the makeup they put on him because i couldn't tell the whole time what they were trying to go for was he supposed to look like a vampire or was he supposed to look old or is it scars or i just think the the old makeup it wasn't very good and it was distracting to me <laughs> fair enough i mean yes they definitely aged him up and added a bit of a jowl to him yeah it was just like a lumpy deformed eddie is though yeah, yeah. You yeah. couldn't have Eddie Izzard looking normal. He too, he's too young. He's too vibrant. <laughs> uh, the other crate opens up, and it's it's full of smoke, mm-hmm. and it morphs into Lily Munster. Yeah, and then she comes out, and it's supposed to be like, I guess the idea is like, isn't it sexy? She's like a naked lady, and then well, Cramp was naked too. That's true. Wasn't that sexy? But, no, well, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't shoot it in the same way. Oh, didn't your version have his dick? <laughs> 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 the one little rat at the end just popped him, popped himself on. <laughs> um, no, but she's like uh, she's standing under like a archway sort of, and all these spiders start falling down, and they all have um, like a million spiders. Yeah, they start spitting their webs, and they make her a like web dress, and she's like, hmm, nice. Also, they made her shoes. They made her oh. just like regular shoes. I didn't what notice that. What were the that. shoes made of? I, they were just black high heels. Like I, because that's the thing. You see a whole CG thing where spiders come down and wave the dress, and the camera pans all the way down, and it gets to the bottom. I was like, where those shoes come from? Maybe she was wearing the shoes. She was entirely naked except for the shoes. And who plays Lily Munster? Oh, it's what's her face? Uh, um, Portia de Rossi. That's the one. Portia de Rossi. I mean, this cast is really of its time, or maybe like five years too late. Perhaps. But, you know, everyone's everybody's somebody for the most part. I everybody's thought she was someone. good, though. I liked her better than Jerry O'Connell. She is also perhaps the most underutilized character. And this is like she barely gets anything to well, do. Well, it's because mm-hmm. they need to give Grandpa every single scene in this. I don't know who decided that. feel that way. You're right. Yeah. Like they were like, this is the barkey character we're going to sell this show on. I mean, when you got Eddie Izzard, put him out front. I suppose. What, what you want to do is, oh, you're like, let's spend all the money on Eddie Izzard. And then let's put cobwebby kind of makeup on his face so you can't tell uh, what's happened to him. <laughs> And now that the family is like all back together, you I mean, we all knew what scene was coming next. 
What is coming next? It cuts from them arriving to Jerry O'Connell and Portia de Rossi. Oh, yeah. Post-coital? Oh, that's right. That was Hard cut. Hard cut. And they just finished having sex. I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, what's going on? And they're both laying there and they're like, wait a minute, because she's on the ceiling because she's She's a a vampire. vampire. (laughs) Yeah. So were they just... um, uh, doing the old remember that thing like brush your teeth and you're just miming each other were they just doing that like <laughs> she was real on... erotic miming yeah did. yeah she was on the ceiling and he was on the on the bed and they were just miming it out I think that sounds probably the most likely yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways but you get the first uh, view of his zipper this time yeah you get a good view of his zipper also did you notice as she floats down from the roof she turns into smoke again and lands on the bed but this time her clothes stay with her where's the consistency where's the consistency <laughs> yeah that's not canon you have to you have to create this universe and then stick with it but yeah there's like a bunch of blah 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 here about like they're worried about Eddie and like Herman feels too much and there's a weird thing in the middle where she's just like I didn't breastfeed him yeah, that's right. And I was just like, wait, where's this going? Yeah, and she's very upset that the reason he's uh, more normal than they like to be is because she didn't breastfeed him, well, I guess. I, I couldn't tell if that was it. or cause She was talking about how kids who get breastfed are closer to their family. Like, and so yeah, maybe, well, it's because he's weird and distant and not... That's, he's a little bit of a... He's, he's not quite a teenager, but he's already a little surly. Yeah. yeah. But that's because his parents are lying to him. <laughs> um, we kind of see Eddie heading off to school, and this is kind of where we see Grandpa... This is kind of why Grandpa's the key record of this. He's really pushing for them to say, hey, tell him he's a werewolf. Yeah. And the family's like, listen, we're going to do it in our own time. And Grandpa's really trying to establish himself as the alpha in this family. So a lot of, a lot of like back and forth between him and uh, Eddie Munster. Oh, can I and say Herman? one thing? Herman Munster. Herman Munster. The set design is really good on this. I thought the actual interior of the house looked really good. Like it just, uh, you said it before, but like everything in the show looks they Very clearly expensive. spent a lot of yeah. money on it. Oh, yeah. They spent money and it and it's well thought out and it looks really good. It's just kind of a shame sometimes some of these scenes you're just like, why is it why is something happening? They're talking about kind of nothing and they move on. You're like, oh, it was looked so good. But I, I honestly do feel like they took a real swing. And I like sometimes the script works, sometimes it doesn't. I just I think it was just like an impossible like how do you turn a half hour comedy from nineteen what sixty something that was like a one note joke like what if Frankenstein lived next door into uh hour long comedy drama that has some sort of real stakes it, it, I think it was an impossible task from the start you just try harder just gotta yeah. keep I mean to be fair he did try writing the script and he did cash the check so I mean you're allowed to criticize oh fair enough yeah. I, but I mean I just have trouble imagining the better version of the no, show I think you're right I think I think it is a tough thing because what are you gonna do a direct exact you know shot for shot remake of the show it's like that's weird or are you going to modernize it like it still ends yeah, up it, weird it was yeah i think it was it was t- anyway but but we're still working in that gritty reboot of uh, gilligan's island right yeah well that's your <laughs> that's your uh passion project yeah <laughs> they just it's just the shipwreck and then one of them dies and the other one eats another one it's very who, who plays gilligan who would play gilligan steve what? buscemi <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good i was gonna say will smith's son <laughs> what's his name willow no no that's Jayden? the other one Jaden, also pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. Now I know I'm just thinking of who could be on the cast of Gilligan's Island in this. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back to this because uh, <laughs> what we kind of see here is Herman's heart finally breaks because he feels so bad about lying to his son. We get to see a classic Frankenstein uh, bringing Frankenstein to life thing where yeah. they go up to the roof, put a put a big antenna up so lightning can strike it, and it like runs down the chimney to like electrocute Frankenstein to bring him back up. And Grandpa's standing there, and he lifts his tablet up. And he reboots Herman Munster with the uh, Apple startup sound. Yeah. <laughs> was that what it was? Yeah. yeah. How does it go? 
I don't know. What does it sound like? like a, I don't know. Like, a, <laughs> like that? Yeah, like that's it. Do it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Basically. That's Thanks. the one. Um, which is, well, it doesn't quite work as a joke, but <laughs> they went for it. <laughs> and essentially, this is to establish Herman's heart does not have much longer. They're going to put it back in, but he's got to get a new heart. And it, that's going to be kind of our B plot for the episode. Are they going to tell Eddie's a uh, werewolf? And is he going to get a new heart? Um, I've said it before, but the stakes have never been higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Grandpa now kind of decides to take over the, the lead of uh, setting Eddie up for kind of his future as a werewolf. And uh, to do this, he wants to show him that he's going to start drinking blood again. Like he keeps saying, I'm going to start drinking again. To do that, he bakes some cookies mm-hmm. using his own blood. And uh, he goes off to meet the neighbors. And uh, what happens when you eat one of his cookies? Uh, well, at first I wasn't sure if it was the cookies or it's just a power he has. But what it seems like is if you eat a cookie or I'm assuming any food made with a bit of his own blood in it, uh, you become a uh, zombie or a, uh, a, a blood slave. A blood slave. That's what it was. I, I, I always mix up my zombies and my blood slaves. <laughs> yeah, see, sort of does this to some neighbors, which I assume is both to drink their blood and also like, apparently use them as free labor. Because later we'll see the neighbor blood slaving on the side of the house doing some repairs, uh, at which point he also has a heart attack and falls off the roof. Mm-hmm. There's just really... All, all works out perfectly as planned. A really weird scene. And I guess, I don't really... I, honestly, it was a weird scene for him and Herman to fight some more. There's a lot of this episode yeah. of them arguing over how to raise Eddie. Yeah, they meant to make some artificial uh, conflict for the two of them. The other uh, thing that Grandpa does to help prepare Eddie uh, is not just start drinking blood again. He and Marilyn take him out to uh, a really weird log house in the middle of the woods. I I couldn't figure out what this was, and then the, they were in a blind. Oh, is that what it was? Is that yes. what it was? Yeah, but why would it was there a be a hunting blind? Well, you are a resident hunter, so you can tell <laughs> us more about it. As an expert. But here's so yeah they they take him hunting I guess and they watch a deer and then a deer gets attacked. By a lion? Where are I, they? It looked like a cougar to me. It's like a mountain lion. Okay. Oh, maybe a mountain lion. I also liked, I called him a depressed deer because at some point they're talking yeah. about uh, the circle of life and Marilyn's like, well, the deer want, maybe the deer wanted to die. And he's like, was it, why? He's like, because it was depressed? It doesn't look depressed. I was like, yeah. I want to know what a depressed deer looks like. I'm really into it. <laughs> but that was pretty good though. You have to Yeah, it was good. When the deer's there and the mountain lion jumps on top of it, it's like, it's like a good nature show level of like mm-hmm. violence to it. And then Grandpa, like, does that weird thing where a vampire moves without moving his legs and, like, slides <laughs> off the side of the camera. He and Spike Lee's out of the frame. He Spike Lee's out of the frame. <laughs> Is that how Spike Lee moves? <laughs> and then uh, what comes to kill the mountain lion? Now, it's it's Grandpa as a vampire, but I, I think it's the first version we see of him because he looks pretty much like Grandpa. Except he's eating the lion and he's all bloody. Because later on, you're going to see him. No, you miss it. He shows up as a big, fleshy, pink, naked bat yes, monster. Yeah. But he, I don't think he looked the same as he did at the end, did he? Did yeah. he still look like yeah. a pig? It's like yeah. Francis uh, Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's yeah, yeah. Dracula. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought he just looked like... A, I couldn't tell the difference between any other than a fat pig bat. Well, it's because there's a... Like, he, he this huge CG... Like, just the... Why is it so pink? Why is it so pink and fleshy? <laughs> it is really, really pink. It flies down out of the sky. It starts eating the mountain lion. And then they do a cut. And Eddie's head comes up. And he's covered in blood. He's just like, he's totally nude again. <laughs> it's like, circle of life. Yeah, a lot of blood in this show. No shortage of blood. But I guess that makes sense. Because <laughs> it's kind of a scary show. 
It's a grim. It's a grim show. Right. It's and, and what followed this? What followed this? Uh, the show Grim. There you go. It was a perfect synergy. Hmm. Um, we also get to see Eddie's new wildlife explorers pack um where he's kind of started this new thing and uh we also get to see grandpa has another power when they go to this did you notice he has x-ray vision as well no it's because it's blood it's hearts he's oh is this what yeah it, i yeah. think that's it's just a it's just was a cute uh way of being able to show what he's hearing is that the two hearts uh, are similar all right i thought it was his x-ray vision but they meet his new pack leader eddie's new pack leader and when lily monster drops by uh grandpa notices that both the pack leader and Herman Munster's heart skip a beat when they see her. And what I thought they were going to do there, I thought they were setting up a thing of like, these two men are going to competing for her affection. But what it really is, is grandpa is really good at spotting people who would be a good donor. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think the idea is he doesn't want to give up his heart. Cause he doesn't want to lose the way he feels about his family. Because in this universe, your heart dictates your emotions. Right, right. So by showing that the leader's heart skipped a beat when he saw his wife, it's like, oh, it's a good match because that heart also likes this wife. How weird, huh? It's a lot of explaining there. It's a very, it's a very odd little thing, but more importantly, this kid just killed his whole troop, and they signed him up for another troop. Well, a baby bear did it, not him. Well, <laughs> well, you so know, they're they're implicit in this. They're okay with they, what he's doing. They don't want him hanging around the house, is what it is. <laughs> They don't care if he's killing people. Just don't do it inside the house. There's a whole month till it happens again. It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. But Grandpa, seeing this uh, pack leader has this uh, little skip in his heart for the his daughter, invites the pack leader to dinner without telling anyone. And uh, there's a bit of a scene where they where he quizzes him on his loved ones. He has none. He's a widower with no family. So let's say you're this guy, this uh, camp counselor, Cub Scout gentleman, and uh, you meet a new new kid. And his family. And they're like, hey, want to come to dinner tonight? What would your answer be? No. He, he's so lonely. He's like, no. He's got no family. His wife's dead. Some some weird guy with like weird little uh, weird little sunglasses and <laughs> scarred face goes, hey, want to come over to dinner tonight? You go, yeah. Yeah, I do. He's got his little umbrella in the sun. <laughs> That's right. I did. It was. Here's here's to your point. It's like whether he wants that heart or whether he wants to just replace them. Because mm-hmm. when he comes over after he quizzes about his family, he starts telling him that Herman's sick and dying and wouldn't you like to take his place in our family That's and right, like yeah. bang my daughter? <laughs> yeah, like it, I think I think he's thinking this is a win-win for him. It, whatever, w- whatever way it turns out. Well, and I do think the intention is he's like, I want to take this guy's heart and give it to Herman. But the way he, like the way the show sets it up, it just seems like is he, I was I got confused. I'm like, is he gonna kill Herman and let this guy? I actually thought there was a chance that this show ended. Jerry O'Connell was off the show, mm-hmm. and this guy was the new. I thought that might be where this was headed. <laughs> Maybe yeah, if it, it was did, a bigger actor. Like that. Who was that actor, by the way? I recognized him. He's a he's a Brian Fuller regular. Oh. He's been in like American Horror Story, American Crime Story. Like he's pops up in all of his stuff. So American Horror Story, American Crime. What yeah. does that have to do with Brian? Oh Fuller? wait, you're right. It's not Brian Fuller. <laughs> but that's where I know. God him. damn it, Luke. <gasps> that's where I know him from, though. So I'm thinking of he's a Ryan Murphy regular. Ah, that's got, why he's I moved up in him. the world. He got stolen from uh from Fuller. Yeah, I guess he's that's like right. enough of these enough of these shows that only get one season. I'm on to shows that do 86 seasons. 86 seasons, two a year. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, uh, they they have their little dinner, and um, obviously Lily figures out what Grandpa's plan is immediately, and sort of takes him aside and said, "No murders in the house. We're not killing him. That's not how we're going to raise Eddie. We don't kill people." And to sort of drive the stake further into Grandpa's heart, Eddie announces he's becoming a vegetarian. What could be more terrible? You know what I liked? I liked the way uh, the look of the uh, the spread of food looked on the table. 
It was real good. It was like you know when you, like when you see those like classic. Pig. Yeah, it's like a full pig and there's like a thing of grapes and all. I was it's like, a real, a, a real Hannibal prequel. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Even yeah. when they made the cookies too, like I was like, he pays a lot of attention to his food photography. <laughs> what were the cookies supposed to be shaped as? The letter D. Is a D. Yeah. Uh, for Dracula. Yeah, because I think when he went to the neighbors, he's like, call me D. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, because I I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be like it almost looked like like an A, like a D sideways. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, so dinner gets cut short because Herman and Lily are like, you're not killing him. We're going to go take Eddie right now. We're going to tell him what's going on. Marilyn, please escort the pack leader out of the house. And as they get to the front door with the pack leader, that is when we see a uh, big fleshy pink bat. My yeah, big man bat at the he's door. He's so gross looking. Big man bat. <laughs> big man fat pig bat man. <laughs> it is. It is the weird. Like it is not. It's just so weird to look at. It, yeah, it's because it's because it's, it's really pink, and he's almost like gelatinous looking, and he's just like he moves funny. And it's like oh, it's gross looking. Well, and he's not. It's not old. It looks like like a. You're right. It's like a baby pig. It looks. Yeah. It looks. Everything's wrong. About he's like it. the Montauk monster. Yeah, the Montauk wings. monster. What is the Montauk monster? The Montauk monster was. Um, it washed up on Montauk, New Jersey, on the coast, and it's this weird looking creature. And people were like, what is this thing? It became this like a little bit of a legend of the we, monster. of this monster that washed up. And they're pretty sure what it was was just a raccoon that had been um, just washed up so much that like part of its face had been washed away. And so it looks like it has a beak, but it's just a so old, it, old gross raccoon. So it's the Montauk Munster? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> you know how long I just sit here t- listening to you talk? <laughs> like, just shut up. I got my line. <laughs> um, so uh, Grandpa's there in gross bat form. He starts menacing old pack leader. And the pack... What, what kind of cheese do you think they have at the table? <laughs> Monster cheese? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it was worth it. Uh, the pack leader falls down the secret staircase and dies? Yeah, I think so. Or at least he's injured enough that, you know... He's incapacitated. Yeah. We, we cut up quickly to the roof where uh, Herman's talking to Eddie and kind of explaining finally the truth that you are a, a monster. You turn into a werewolf <laughs> and, uh, you know, we still love you and it'll be okay. And um, Eddie storms off because he's really uh, angry about the whole thing. And once again, Herman's heart breaks mm-hmm. and he falls off the roof of the house. And that's the end that of that heart. Softy. And we cut down to the basement. The pack, my, pack, pack master, the pack leader's body is on a gurney. His che- heart has been torn out of his chest. Grandpa is drinking his blood and Herman Munster is waking up with his new heart. What was the lesson here? Because <laughs> um, they make a big stink about how we're not going to kill people. That's not how we're going to raise Eddie. Grandpa, we're not going to do that. And within 30 seconds, he has been murdered and his organs have been stolen. I think Grandpa D always gets his way. So that's, that's, that's not a lesson. I'm just saying that's... That's the lesson? Grandpa D always gets no, his way. no. Maybe it's, that's just what every episode will be. It's them sort of fighting against what their their nature, their nature is. But every episode, they're just like, eh, I guess we'll just kill. Oh, them. we massacred everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but by accident. It's never by on accident, purpose. Yeah, it's never on purpose. That's the key. They sort of uh, what, what was that? They they accidentally. It's like a final destination thing. No matter what they do, they always end, they just end up killing somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? And finally, the uh, denouement to the episode, which you guys will have to explain to me as uh, Munster super fans. <laughs> yeah. uh, they they. T- Lily and Herman take Eddie outside and they're like, listen, we are going to get you a pet. 
to help you when you turn to werewolf, someone to protect you and stop you from hurting people. So here it is, and a giant semi-invisible fire-breathing dragon <laughs> flies out of the sky and lands in front of them. I was just like, I don't understand. It makes perfect sense, Luke. What is going? Is this? Was there an invisible dragon? In the monsters? I don't know. Um, we, we should probably Google that. But I'm pretty sure that it was always the joke was that the something was living in the basement there. Okay. You are correct. Spot, Eddie's pet dragon whose lair is under the stairs. There are tunnels that go from Spot's lair to the monster's backyard. Spot has a hobby of chasing cars, which sometimes ends in with him catching them. And then it goes on and on. So they didn't have this dragon before. They went out and got a dragon. Yeah, this was they purchased it at the end of the episode. From, so where does one purchase a dragon in this universe? There's very there's so many questions. <laughs> there's so many questions that need answering. Hey, later episodes, maybe they would show the other two uh, uh, pets they had. They have Igor, that's Grandpa's pet Transylvanian bat. We've mentioned Spot. There's Charlie the Raven, and uh, Kitty, a black cat that roars like a lion. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, they picked the right that. pet. <laughs> they picked the right one, the dragon. That was the most exciting one. Not the cute little kitty that has a big roar. <laughs> oh, I guess you could... Oh, my imagine what Brian Fuller could do with that. <laughs> Just make it edgy. <laughs> All right, well... I mean, that wraps it up. I mean, it's a very simple story of just like yeah. telling your your son that he's a monster. <laughs> and also, uh, Grandpa's a kind of crazed murderer, I guess. And a pig Batman. Pig Batman. <laughs> it's so gross looking. It was very gross looking. Do you guys have any final thoughts on this show? Hmm. If not, what do you think an average episode of the show would have been? Like when you tune every week, what was this show about? When, when I rush home, when I rush home, knocking people out of the streets, and I just go, monsters, monsters. And I'm just like, I'm just pushing children into the street and then running back and pushing them one more time before I get up to turn yeah. the TV on. In this alternative universe, wow. you run a monsters podcast, <laughs> a recap podcast. <laughs> Laura, what do you know. think? I mean, it feels like it would have to be kind of a murder of the week almost because because that's what they do. They, oh, that's interesting. Like, it's a crime of the week show. Not, a, not, but that, not a crime, but they're murdering someone every week. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to have new characters coming in that it's going to be like, oh. Oh, this is interesting. Do you want to get involved with this family? So it's like a revolving door of guest stars. And you're always like, are they going to get murdered? It'll be like the original sure. Batman show where there's always a thing and... You know, they would have as a guest star would always when they crawled up the side of the building and there'd always be a guest star that come out the window and be like, hey, what are you guys doing? And it's like, hey, I can't believe Sammy Davis Jr. is in that building. It'd be like that. But it'd be modern stars like George Clooney, George Clooney and uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> That's a good guest. Ellen DeGeneres is on the episode of the Monsters this week. Tune in Thursday nights. Not at all what I was thinking, but maybe. No. OK, <laughs> Ex explain. Explain what your thoughts. were. No, I, I really don't know. I just based on what we witnessed it's what, what would your engine be for the show i think that's the problem that was the problem with the show I, I don't think you could tell what it was about fair enough yeah I, th I think they were basing it on the idea of nostalgia for this show that maybe existed maybe didn't and i think they also thought it i think it's just a character driven i don't think this was ever going to be plot based it was just like these are characters you're going to like spending time with but i don't not know likeable if they ever characters. yeah they're not they didn't really sell them enough i think because in my feeling, they w they spent way too much time on the grandpa character, who I don't think is as interesting as Mr. Fuller thinks they are. He is. And the other characters sort of have to get the most out of the couple scenes they're in. So there's not much to hang your hat on, right? I think they were all miscast. I don't think there's Do think any so? good casting really? in this. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a great show, 
I didn't mind the casting. But I mean, that's not to say there probably isn't a better cast that maybe makes this show work a bit better. Mm. But I, I mean, I'm just going on what I saw, though. So I was like, oh, this is I think this is as good as the show is ever going to be. I don't know. If, is it the casting? I don't know. I just think, again, we've we sort of said it, but I think it's a hard thing to take something old and try to make it new again, as that's maybe very obvious, but especially something that's very much in his time. Like if you try to do any of these shows, you try to redo... Uh, uh, the Andy Griffith show. You know, it's funny. What's that? Adam's family worked when they re- when they brought it back. That's true. Yeah. For some reason, that translated again, and I just think I think because Monsters is just such like a low grade knockoff already of the Adams family. Mm-hmm. But see, they're not. They do you know they aired the exact same week? But but Amazon was around in the comic book form for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was like a, it was a thing they were based off of. So it was kind right. of like whereas. It's funny they aired the same week, but it does seem like they came from the same, like, basically brain trust of just, like, mm. something kind of gothy, but for, like, a half-hour sitcom. Yeah. Either way, mixed results. Mixed results. All right. Let's rate it. Laura, do you want to go first, or do you want us to go first? Out of 10? Out of 10. Just like IMDb. When you're going on to write your summary for this episode, <laughs> I have to give your rating. What are you giving it? 6.5. 6.5. I am going to go to a seven Mm. i i think laura and i probably agree in the same sense there's some highlights and there's some lowlights and for 40 minutes i mean whatever we've watched much worse than this and it it certainly at least had some visual highlights and like some weird moments and there are a couple laughs in it i don't know not the worst thing i've ever seen yeah i give the same i'm gonna give it 6.5 we're really giving a tepid but positive results yeah well and i think i think that's what it is it's like is it bad no, it's not bad. Is it good? Not really. But like if it was on the TV, you'd be like, oh, look, there's Jerry O'Connell. Listen, <laughs> like we're doing right now, if this was a Halloween special before Grimm, you would have watched it. Exactly. And you're like, all right, sure. Why not? Is Grimm still in the air? I believe it's over now. Yeah. It went on for six or seven seasons. Time, yeah. Is that the one where uh, the, with the Headless Horseman? No. No, no. that was Sleep. Maybe Hollow. Oh, that was a real time in TV, huh? Mm-hmm. People, people love stuff. They love stuff just, <laughs> just in general. It. Just put yeah. it on TV. They'll watch it. <laughs> People love stuff on TV. Well, they got time to kill. And this definitely was something that was on TV once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to do something till that uh, serial killer kills you and puts you in a wall. Wow. Dark. You're like Brian Fuller. <laughs> you see my pie show. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to put stuff on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. There's that. Lots of bat, that man, fat, that, fat, that man, fat, fat, for sure. That hard. The beating heart yeah. is not bad. Um, probably the werewolf killing children. I think it's just mostly going to be naked Eddie Izzard. That's yeah, just yeah, all yeah. I'm going to put on. A lot of that for sure. Um, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Continuum Drag for more of that. And then, of course, you can email us at Continuum Drag every time. Uh, Continuum Drag at gmail.com. If you, have, uh, if you know about the monsters and you know how faithful this was adapted. I, I have a feeling... This will be like Dune, and we're gonna get like someone who's the creator, re- the grand, the grandson of the creator. He's <laughs> gonna write him back. Should we mention that you didn't get it? We should have some, yeah, someone who's very angry and like, I'll have you know that the reason the bolts are in his neck, and you know, like whatever. I I, I doubt that the uh, grandson of the creator. I don't think anyone's standing up for the fidelity of this room. Uh, no, well, maybe not. <laughs> who knows though? Well, listener, thanks for joining us. This uh, spooky Halloween episode? Question mark. <laughs> it wasn't that spooky. There's no omen. There's no omen. That's true. That's true. Well, Jordan, see you next week. See you then. Yeah, the omen. That was terrible. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. 
theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard.